0: Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer, and you're listening to the audio version of my blog, Charlotte's Web Thoughts, which is hosted on substack.com. You can subscribe to the actual blog at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. But of course, if you want to support my writing with a paid subscription, I would certainly welcome it. You can find all of that at charlotteclimber.substack.com. And even if you don't want to do the paid subscription, just that email is really helpful because it gets more eyes on what I'm writing. So I appreciate you considering. As you can tell, I have not yet uh, dove much into sleek production values for this audio version of my blog or podcast. I will get there. I promise. But in the meantime all you're really gonna get are my dulcet tones uh reading my blogs out loud and so i hope that will suffice for now without further ado charlotte's web thoughts july 30th 2021 i never learned how to suspend gravity Before I begin, just a quick content warning, that there uh, there are topics of a graphic nature mentioned. So if there are any listeners who may not be in a place where they should hear that, um, just want to give that quick content warning. An object or body falling near the Earth's surface, any object or body, plummets toward the ground at a rate of 9.8 meters per second squared, or about 32.2 feet per second squared. All things being equal, that's the general strength of our planet's pull to the ground. That means, if I drop my laptop, number one, I'll be quite upset at my dorky ass if it breaks, and number two, for every second of its journey to the ground, the speed of my laptop's descent toward its demise will increase by 9.8 meters per second. So after one second in the air, the laptop's speed will be about 9.8 meters per second. And after two seconds, it'll be 19.6 meters per second. And after three seconds, it'll be hurtling toward the ground at 29.4 meters per second, and so on and so on. That's just an object. It has no fillings or warm blood or creaky bones or dreams that are wrapped up in it. In the eyes of gravity, we are no different than an object. We are simply mass, no better or worse than any other mass. Gravity rudely fails to recognize our humanity. I have a very slight fear of heights, but that's nothing compared to the fear I have my own brain. It is astonishingly deadly. For the better part of two decades, it has urged me quietly and insistently to kill myself. Ever since I was 10 or 11, probably earlier, my brain has taken an inventory of things and issued a sober conclusion. The only way to get rid of your pain is to destroy me. That's what it says. And what do you say to that as a kid? I'm still unpacking that time in my life. There was sexual abuse and physical abuse and poverty and a thoroughly broken home. And on top of all of it, feeling as though the world would bury me in the ground. If they ever found out I secretly wanted to be a girl. I don't want to come across here as a gatherer of maladies and I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. That's not the point of this. My point, is that there is nothing as terrifying as the feeling that your own brain is working against the simple fact of your existence. I have a quote here from Juliet McCurr or Maker. My apologies, Juliet. It's from the New York Times, May twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-one. Quote The Yurchenko double pike is considered so perilous and challenging that no other woman has attempted it in competition, and it is unlikely that any woman in the world is even training to give it a try. To execute it, a gymnast must launch herself into a round off back handspring onto the vaulting table, and then propel herself high enough to give herself time to flip twice in a pike position, with the body folded and legs straight, before landing on her feet. It's the kind of maneuver done much more easily by a platform diver who has the help of gravity and the safety of a soft landing of water. Biles, though, executes it by producing enough speed and strength to power herself high in the air and then flip so quickly on the way down that gravity seems to have been taken by surprise. Unquote. That was Juliet make her in the New York Times, May 24th, 2021. I did something moderately scary when I was 26. I took a road trip with my then partner to Bar Harbor, Maine. At the time, I imagined it was the kind of thing a healthy person does. I was scared because I wasn't sure I was ready to take this kind of leap away from the earth. I was only a few years removed from several hospitalizations for suicidal ideation. The tendencies were still there, and for that matter, they always will be. I feel that more often than not, the pathway to suicide or self-harm starts with a blameless and awkward misstep, something misplaced that's largely out of our control. And then it snowballs and gathers up speed and collides into the most precious and vulnerable parts of ourselves left unguarded. I had done a lot of intense ongoing therapy. I was getting right with my medication. I underwent numerous sessions of electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, so many that I lost count. That procedure is when they knock you out, hook you up to wires, and send enough electricity into your brain to induce a seizure in an effort to alleviate severe depression. My brain was so locked up, so stubborn, that my doctors felt a reasonable approach was electrocuting my skull. But you know what? I got better. I started getting more skilled at managing my mental health. I learned to ask for help, a critical lesson not taught in my childhood home. And so here I was on this road trip with my partner, feeling the closest I've ever felt to being healthy. And yet I was still scared. I was a young person in the company of someone I deeply loved. On a vacation in a beautiful place, other external worries nowhere to be found, and yet a part of me was still worried. The ground is always safer. The following quote is from GotStump at com for July 7, 2021. Quote, Simone was driving one day near her home in Houston when she burst into tears on the phone with her mother as the pain of the abuse she suffered from Nasser, that is Larry Nasser, came to the surface. She said, I just remember breaking down and calling my mom. She told me to pull over. She was like, can you drive? Because I was crying so hard. Her mother Nellie says, she was just hysterical. She didn't say anything. She just cried and we just cried together because I knew what it was she wanted to talk about. She didn't have to say anything. Nasser was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison in 2018 after more than 150 victims came forward to make statements about being sexually abused by him. Biles had initially refused to speak about it with anyone, even her closest family members. That was Scott Stump for the Today Show, today.com, July 7th, 2021. I can't speak for anyone else with a mental health disability. But I'm ashamed to say that I don't yet fully understand what's going to provoke my brain into the kind of place where taking my own life seems sensible, or where to those places inches wound up being the difference between living or dying. I would be completely in the zone, so to speak, in whatever I'm doing, and out of nowhere an errant thought or memory crashes my consciousness, and I'm back down to the dirt. These moments are commonly known as triggers. They can be anything. I know the more obvious ones in my case, but there are moments that move sideways and cast a shadow over me when I least expect it. I don't know how to explain what happens. I can't itemize the more surprising, uh, more surprising triggers because I, I don't fully understand them myself. If I say them out loud, I feel ridiculous. I feel childish. They sound like this. The lighting in the room reminds me of the trailer we lived in when I was a kid, when those things happened. Or the word my friend just used reminds me of my mother. Or I woke up today and remembered I don't have a childhood home to visit during the holidays. Then I feel like shit. I berate myself for not getting over it. I feel irresponsible to let something so small have control over me how can I expect anyone to respect me like a grown adult when my brain seems unwilling to do so? I didn't tell my partner that on the second night of our trip to Maine, I went outside in the early hours of the morning, away from our warm bed in our hotel room, away from the comfort of their skin against mine, away from where I thought I could trust enough to be myself. I went out into the parking lot, away from any line of sight from our room and heavily sobbed in the back seat of our car. The medication hadn't been enough. The therapy hadn't been enough. Everything I had done up to that moment hadn't been enough. Whenever I was trying to go with, wherever I was trying to go with this, I, I clearly wasn't there yet. I cried for five, min- five minutes or so, dried my face, composed myself and went back inside just like I'd done a million times before and I expect I'll be doing for the rest of my life. This quote is from Meredith Cash at Insider.com for July 30th, 2021. Quote, While the withdrawal of the biggest star at the Summer's Games was a shocking development at the time, perhaps Biles' health battle shouldn't be so surprising. Biles has ADHD, and it appears she hasn't been able to take her medication in Tokyo. Ahead of the 2016 Rio Olympics, Biles filed for a therapeutic use exemption through the World Anti-Doping Agency, which enabled her to continue taking the drug throughout her breakout competition. However, according to the Associated Kyoto Program, a nonprofit that facilitates travel between the U.S. and Japan, all medications containing stimulants are prohibited in Japan. The AKP website says, This includes Adderall, a standard medication used to treat ADHD symptoms in the US. If you bring Adderall into Japan for any reason, you risk arrest and imprisonment. That's from Meredith Cash at insider.com, July 30th, 2021. I have days when I can't leave my apartment. I have days when I know I can't go to a social gathering, not because I don't want to see my friends and have a good time, but because my depression and anxiety is in such a state that I fear I'll crumple. No matter what I do, no matter how intentional I am, I am in negotiating my mental health disabilities. I know there are always going to be days when I can't escape the pool of my own brain, and it's much easier to stay as close to the ground as possible instead of risking a fall from a great height. I'll never do anything half as brave as what Simone Biles did this week. And it disturbs me how this particular moment of greatness isn't universally, universally recognized as such. Do these people not realize the greatness she displayed? Do they not realize how many successful people struggle mightily with mental health disabilities and still wouldn't have dreamed of doing what she so bravely did? I couldn't have done what she did. The pressure would have been too much. I would have tried to quote unquote play through the pain that bullshit maxim said to every young athlete ever and yet one of the greatest athletes of our time already a champion many times over with the world watching with the expectations of our country on her shoulders with all the trauma she's endured lurking in the back of her mind as trauma so often does with the harm and complexity of a discipline in which a misplaced inch can mean paralysis or death Simone Biles did something I'm scared to do, even in the most trivial of social situations. She put her mental health first, unapologetically and without reservation. I've seen some sad and cruel people comment on Biles, apparently under the impression that she didn't successfully take flight this week. There were many more of us who were watching too and came to a far different conclusion. And that moment, we saw gravity spurned. Thank you all so much for listening. And again, I urge you to subscribe. All you need is your email. Go to charlotteclimber.substack.com. Thanks so much and have a great evening.